You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. I have a mini episode for you today. I'm out of town visiting Montreal and wasn't able to get together with a guest. I'm going to be showcasing an event which happened in July, uh, the Empower Hour, hosted by Three Day Hangover. Uh, They hosted it to help establish a conversation in our community about positivity and action in the face of increasingly common violence around the world, and of course, in our own country. If that sounds of interest to you, please continue listening. If not, check back next week for a new full episode of The Compass. Jim Houghton passed away. He had a huge heart. He founded the Signature Theater in New York City, and he took over as the head of the drama division at Juilliard in 2006, which was my second year of grad school there. He was a changemaker, a creator of great community, an open-hearted friend, mentor, and family man, and he will be missed by many, many, many people. He inspired me in so many ways over the years to be an artist, citizen, engaged in the world. He gave me my first job out of grad school, welcoming me into the signature family, which I will always cherish. I'm sending all my love to Jim's family, and please, if you're not familiar with his work, look him up. He is a pillar of the American theater, and his legacy will always be with us. Uh, To read just a small excerpt from his New York Times obituary, they quote Tony Kushner. I don't think there was anyone in the theater community more beloved than Jim the playwright Tony Kushner, whose work was featured in Signature's 2010 to 2011 season, wrote in an email. He had a great soul and a grand capacity for friendship and love. He was smart and passionate. He built his singular legacy founded on his devotion to playwrights' work and to playwrights themselves, with a uniquely sweet, generous spirit, with unflagging optimism, and with grace. I wanted to take this opportunity, this mini-episode, to highlight a recent action by Three Day Hangover, a theater company that you've heard me talk about before. I left this gathering inspired and touched by people's uh, stories of humanity, challenges, and empathy, and I wanted to share a little bit of what that event was with those of you who weren't able to attend. Lori Walter Hudson, who was featured on episode 9, David Hudson, and Beth Gardner run the company, and they decided to hold an event they named the Empower Hour in response to the quick succession of horrific, violent events uh, around the world, and especially in our own country, that have been happening over and over this summer. Uh, Something to build community and face-to-face conversation instead of isolation. And they partnered with Chad Goodridge, who was featured on episode 32, in producing it. I'm going to play a little snippet that I impulsively recorded at the event, but first, here's how they described it. The violence, senselessness, rage, inequality, and inhumanity overflowing our news feeds and filling our daily life is overwhelming. With a wall of hate standing so tall before us, how can we even start to tear it down? Three Day Hangover has decided to respond by doing what we're good at, gathering our community and making something positive happen. We're reimagining the Power Hour by presenting three-day hangovers, Empower Hour. 60 minutes packed with thoughtful expressions of strength, hope, and compassion that answer the question, what empowers you? 
On Monday, July 25th, we're going to gather together to raise a glass and celebrate all the things we're sure about. Community, creativity, bravery, and especially love as the strongest force for change we've got. We're going to harness the power of storytelling, artistic expression, and honest-to-goodness face-to-face conversation to remember what makes us strong. An amazing lineup of performers will come at you hard with magical moments to connect us, inform us, delight us, and remind us of the best angels of our nature. We'll share resources for those interested in getting educated and getting involved, and all evening we'll be raising funds for a number of organizations that advocate for social justice and gun control. We won't solve all the problems we're facing in a night, but we'll envision together what steps we can take to start to make the world a better place. Remember, each of us is a powerful force for positive change, and we're even stronger when we stand together. We hope you'll join us. Money from pay-what-you-can tickets, donations, and raffle tickets, as well as a portion of the bar sales, all went to organizations such as the Urban Justice Center, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, Cure Violence, and others. So during the event, I was extremely moved And at one point, I impulsively pulled out my phone and made a voice memo recording of a small section of the night. Maybe I just knew that I was feeling so full of emotion and connection to others that I might want to try and share it with you guys. So with the blessing of the company and of the two performers you're about to hear, Rob Karma Robinson and Vichet Chum, uh, Vichet was featured on episode six. Again, this is an iPhone recording in a crowded room, but I hope that you can hear their beautiful words. We start just barely into the beginning of Rob reading The Atheist Love Poem by Brian Dykstra. I'll read the beginning of the poem into where he begins it, and then Vichat reads a piece he wrote himself. The Atheist Love Poem by Brian Dykstra. I love you evolutionary. I love you evolved. I love you with the living, breathing reality that was and continues to be paramount in keeping the species in existence. I love you with a love that evolved so that people would bond, so that families might fight and die for each other, so that the entirety of humankind could not only continue, but be possible. I love you with what makes us possible, with a love that saved not only lives, but our species. I love you with the echo of history and with a love that is better today than it was 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, because it grew and improved and got better. Because it is the nature of evolution to make modifications that strengthen and toughen and work. It works. It works better because it evolved. It is not some spiritual creation that is given to us. It doesn't happen to us. It has grown in us. We've grown it to make our lives better, to make each other better. I love you because loving you, my life is better. No. It's too shallow. Better even than that. It makes my life possible. I love you because loving you, our life is possible. Not because it was prescribed by a deity, but because it was forged in our history, in our DNA, in what it is that makes us human. I love you better than any religious magic that was bestowed by a loving, caring God creating us in his image. I love you better than that. I love you from the march of prehistory handed down through the ages, carried within the images of people like us. 
leading back through branches and family trees and evolutionary ladders and refined like brain waves, like speech, like blood cells, like music, like fingerprints, like spinal fluid. I love you, evolve. I love you, evolution. I love you like only a sentient being can. Without God in the way. Without food. Without some spiritual recipe we prescribe and manufacture and give away to a deity we rely on because we can't take credit for loving each other this much. Because for some reason we keep believing that there is no way we're worth it. That's what everybody tells us. We're not worth it. Not without some God handing out this otherwise unknowable gift. Well, fuck that! I got this gift from my ancestors. And I thank them for it. And it's mine. Like this is my hand. And I extend my hand. And I offer my love. Because it is something to be reckoned with. Not something simply to cherish, but to combine it with yours, to use to move mountains. Because without it, we're never got here. We never existed. We never evolved. Sturdy peasant stock, men who picked cotton, 
damned rivers, built railroads, and in the teeth of the most terrifying odds, achieved an unassailable and monumental dignity. So I write to you, future Chan, in hopes that this will actually empower me to feel proud of the life that I have lived thus far, in the time that I have lived. Your grandparents immigrated from Cambodia, which is a fucking long way away from here, because something really bad happened against the world. That ended. They made their way to Thailand, and made their way to the Philippines, made their way to Texas and Virginia, settled in cowboy country, and gave birth to two kiddos whose stories began way before they were born into the world. But isn't that true about everyone? Isn't that true about the story of this country? It begins long before we can imagine it. But sometimes, you will see that many people will try to persuade you that history has no place at the table. They will say history is history. And we should get along. Some people may say that we should let go of the past and keep pushing forward. And something may stir inside you because it doesn't feel altogether right. You may wonder if they actually see you or hear you. But the moment you say something, some people might say, that's not true. That's your defensiveness. That's you holding on to the past. That's you being a victim. And then, you may encounter people who will remarkably want nothing of you. These people will not rationalize with you because they have convinced themselves that you are the problem, because you are not like them. And you'll be like, okay, I can't negotiate with that. I don't want to be a victim, but I also want to have access to what our Declaration of Independence had desired for all of us. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You see, in 2016, it's difficult to see how that actually applies to all people in this country. When some people are publicly killed for no reason at all. I don't mean to scare you, future John. I just want to say that that is what's happening right now. And I hope with all my might that at the very least, the time in which you live says, that's wrong. Because right now, this America is not so resolute about these unalienable rights. I keep seeing your face, which is also the face of your father and my brother. I have known both of you all your lives, and have carried your daddy in my arms and on my shoulders, kissed him and spanked him, and watched him learn to walk. I don't know if you have known anybody from that far back, if you have loved anybody that long, first as an infant, then as a child. Then, as a man, you gain a strange perspective on time and human pain and effort. This is the part of James Baldwin's letter to his nephew that I'm most moved by. Not its bigness, the way it evokes important ideological ideas, his honesty about the, the rotten state of Denmark or America. But what prevails and moves me the most is its premise, an uncle writing to his nephew. Because when I write this to you, my future child, I think of all the things I hope for you in your time as somebody I love. I hope that you engage with people in kindness and truth. I hope that you think beyond being part of an immediate family, but part of the greater family that serves just like you. I hope that when you feel uncomfortable, or scared, or weak, or vulnerable, or silly around people you don't know or understand, that you take a breath, walk forward, and introduce yourself. 
I hope that you, that you use history to create your own. I hope that 2016's sunburnt Voldemort is a line on a Trivial Pursuit card, and for the love of God, you just can't remember his name. Yes. <laughs> From James Baldwin. You don't be afraid. I said it was intended that you should perish, but never being allowed to go beyond and behind the white man's definition, by never being allowed to spell it properly. You have, and many of us have, defeated this intention. And by a terrible law, a terrible paradox, these innocents who believe that your imprisonment made them safe are losing their grasp of reality. But these men are your brothers. You're lost, they're your brothers. And if the word integration means anything, this is what it means. That we, with love, shall force our brothers to see themselves as they are, to cease fleeing from reality and begin to change it. For this is your home, my friend. Do not be driven from it. Great men have done great things here and will again, and we can make America what America must become. Make America what must become. What America must become. Love, James Baldwin, and past and hopeful Thanks. podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.